That's it. It's water, I promise. All right, please turn in your Bible to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. We're going to be in chapter 6. This is where we're going to start, but this is not where we will stay. 1 Timothy 6. It's always a privilege uh, to preach behind this pulpit. Uh, I don't uh, take that for granted. I'm always uh, privileged to be asked to preach. Um, I don't consider myself a preacher, but I do what I can. I do what the Lord uh, leads me to do, and uh, we'll, we'll do our best here tonight. All right, let's go to 1 Timothy 6. Let's go to uh, verse 12. Really, this, just the first phrase is what we're going to focus on. Verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I think there's different types of messages. I think there's um, messages that uh, are rebuke messages. Um, some are encouragement messages. Some are reset button messages. I think this is one of those reset button messages. It's just a, a quick reminder, a quick tap on the shoulder of this is what's going on, right? So the, the title of my message tonight is, It's a Battlefield Brother, right? It's a Battlefield Brother. So with that in mind, let's get started and, and we'll pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach. I thank you that uh, you are with us. I thank you that you meet with us. Uh, where two or three are gathered together, there are you in the midst of them. Lord, I pray that as we dive into your word, as we look into uh, the battlefield that is the Christian life, that we would uh, always remember that you're our commander and that we need, to, we need to be in the battle and be prepared for battle. Lord, I pray that you'd be with my words. Lord, help me to say exactly what you want me to say. Lord, I need you. I need your help. I can't do this without you. In your name I pray. Amen. Uh, so 1 Timothy 6.12, the very first part says, Fight the good fight of faith. We are in a battle. We are in a battle and we have to fight. We're in a war zone. So a couple of things you need to know when, when you're in a battle. First of all, you need to know who's the enemy. Uh, who is the enemy? What are we fighting? Right? Let's, let's go to Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians uh, most of the night, I'd say. Ephesians. Let's go to chapter 6. What I love about Ephesians 6, I'm a very practical person. I like something that I, I can, you know, apply right off the bat, right? Uh, when, I, when, I, when I read, you know, uh, a child-rearing books, I'm not looking for, you know, the, the book on, or, or the, the big thing on, hey, this is the verse that you need to, to learn if, if you want to have good children. No, I want, I want the practical steps. I want, uh, one thing I, I, I saw was uh, 1 John 1 is one of the best best uh, chapters for your as your ch- child is learning to read. First John one is one of the best chapters because there's, there's very few syllables and and it's easy to understand. I like practical stuff. So Ephesians six to me is a very practical uh, uh, chapter. Uh, verse one says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor uh, honor thy father and mother. Uh, fathers, provoke, provoke not your children to wrath. Servants, be obedient to them." 
uh, in verse 5, servants be obedient to them that are, uh, that are your masters. Uh, so it's very, it's very practical. It's not, there's nothing deep theologically in, in this chapter. Uh, let's go, go to uh, verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Uh, we'll read down through, we're going to read all of it, not the rest of it, but we're going to read a good chunk of it eventually. But let's just read 10 for now. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. First, we see the word finally, right? So this is a, a, a very practical chapter that he's, he's finishing off, and he's finishing off the letter to the Ephesians as well. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So the first thing I want to note is we need to be strong in the Lord and remember that he is powerful and he is mighty. <clears throat> so verse 12, let's skip down to verse 12. So the first question, like I said, who's the enemy? What are, what are we fighting? Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We don't fight against things that are flesh and blood. We fight against Really, we fight against spiritual wickedness, right? We fight against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. You know, sometimes, sometimes we fight the wrong things. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10. This is just uh, an example of more things uh, uh, that we need to fight. For 1 Corinthians 10, verse 3. We're going to read 1 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. Nope. That's not right. Hold on. Let's try 2 Corinthians. Hey, hey, that's better. Yep, there we go. All right, 2 Corinthians 10. I was finishing this up and Addie woke up from her nap. And, or, and I, I think she has a fever or something. So I, I had her on me, and I'm like, have my laptop with one hand. So that's, that's my excuse for the First Corinthians slip-up. Anyway, Second Corinthians 10, uh, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. All right, so we see at the end of that verse, you see the little winky face? You know what the winky face means? That means it's not over, right? That's the, that's the end, end of the parenthetical statement, but it also has a semicolon, right? All right, verse 5, casting down imaginations. So this is what we need to do in, in, in the battle, in the, war, in the warfare. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into, uh, bringing into, captivity, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I see here that, you know what, we need to fight anything that, is a, that attempts to supersede God, anything that tries to go above God. Let's flip back to Ephesians 6, and we'll read verse 12 again, and we'll see that, we'll see that theme here as well. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What are high places? High places uh, are where 
in the Old Testament, they were where the false gods were worshipped, right? That's where Baal was worshipped. That's where all of these false gods were worshipped. So that's one thing we're fighting against. We're fighting against all of the spiritual wickedness, and we're fighting against other gods, small g, right, that are being worshipped. So what are we going to do about it? What are we going to how are we going to attack this, right? Well, first of all, we got to put some gear on, right? we got to be ready as we go into uh, the battle. Again, I, I'm, I'm sure you have all have heard of the armor of God, but we're going to go through it. Uh, Ephesians 6, uh, we'll go down to 13. We'll start in 13. Actually, let's go up to 11, sorry. Verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may, may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So first, we have the loins girt about with truth. One thing we need to do in our battle, in our Christian battle, is speak truth, conform to truth. Uh, John 17, 17 says, let me, I'll just turn there real quick. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Yes, I realize that in, in this context, the, the word of God is the sword of the Spirit, right? It's, it even says, which is the word of God at the end. But truth is also God's word. God, and what does is, what is loins girt about, girt about with truth mean? Like, you're putting it around you. You're surrounding yourself with truth. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.15. Let's go there real quick. Again, keep your, keep your finger or a bookmark like I'm about to do, if I can grab it. In Ephesians 6. It's there somewhere. There it is. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that neither not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to know the truth, right? The truth is important. That is one of the main defensive weapons or defensive uh, armor that we need to have. Uh, what about the next one? Let's go back to Ephesians 6. The breastplate of righteousness. You know, I think about the Bible talking about righteousness. It really never talks about our righteousnesses, right? The only time I can think of it talks about our righteousnesses is if it's talking about it being as filthy rags. So the righteousness that we need is Christ's righteousness. And we need to keep that righteousness close to our heart, right? Uh, that's what that breastplate is protecting. So we need truth. We need righteousness. Uh, let's go down to the next one, which is verse 15. And your feet shod with a preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, I'm not going to say much about that because we're going to actually 
come back to that one in a little bit, but let's jump to 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter. First Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We need to be ready. That's one of, one of the, the words in that is the preparation of the gospel of peace, right? We need to be prepared. Uh, if you think about shoes, right? First of all, shoes are not something that I, I skimp on, right? If I'm going to buy shoes, I want to buy something that's going to be comfortable. If I'm wearing them on my feet, I don't want to go buy, you know, $15 shoes. I'm going to have to spend a little more to get a comfortable fit, right? So it's important to have that readiness. Uh, and if your feet aren't ready in battle, the rest of your body isn't ready. Right? The rest of you isn't going to go where it's supposed to go without your feet being prepared. Uh, so we see that we need to have a readiness of the gospel. Again, we're going to come back to that one in a little bit. Uh, let's go to Hebrews 11. We're going to jump to the next one, which is, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Hebrews 11. All right, that's not right. Without faith, it is possible to please him. Where, where am I missing that? Six. Ha! <laughs> Sixteen. Wow. Okay, thank you. Verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We have to have faith. We have to have faith. It's impossible to to please God. There's, there's some of those like hinge verses in the Bible, right? You look at the verse and you go, that's a really important verse. It's, if it's impossible to please God without faith, if we're trying to please God as a Christian, you've got to start there, right? You, you, gotta, you have to have faith. If it's impossible to please him, it is a must have. And that's why uh, verse 16 of, of Ephesians 6 says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Uh, next, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We need to be saved. If we're going to be in the battle, we need to be saved. Sword of the Spirit. You know, this is, it's interesting because it's technically the only offensive weapon that's talked about. The only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit. Let's go to Psalm, Psalm 119. I think every verse of, of Psalm 119 mentions something about God's Word. Uh, it might use the word precepts. It might use the word uh, commandment or something like that. But basically every verse has something similar to that. Uh, let's go to verse 11 of Psalm 119.
Verse 11, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. It's important to have the sword of the spirit. That is our only offense, right? Everything else is defense. We need to have the sword of the spirit ready. And you know what? The word offense sure sounds a lot like offensive, right? Uh, sometimes, sometimes the gospel, the, the, the Bible can be offensive. If you're telling someone, hey, for instance, if you're telling a Catholic, you know, what you've believed all your life is wrong. The Bible doesn't, doesn't talk about uh, a, a works salvation. The Bible doesn't talk about uh, going uh, somewhere before you go to heaven or before you go to hell, right? It doesn't talk about that. It has plain truth in it. And you're telling someone this who's believed this for 20, 25 years, right? To, to them, that's, that's offensive, right? It can seem offensive, but we need to know it because it's truth. We need to, we need to wield it as, it, as, as it is a weapon. So that's the gear for the battlefield. That's the, that's the stuff we got to put on. That's the stuff we got to have in our hands. So let's talk about some mistakes that we make on the battlefield. Let's turn to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. What are some mistakes that we make on the Christian battlefield? The first one I have written down is focusing on your wounds. Focusing on your wounds. Hebrews 12, let's start, let's go to verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. So the, the focus of, of this point is, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Bitterness, it can get into a Christian's life, and you can focus on that. You can focus on what someone else did to you. You can focus on what you think is an injustice in your life. But if you remember, and that this is, I think every, maybe this isn't true, but uh, when I preach anyway, there's this one thought that kind of sparks everything and it just kind of, the Lord lets it, allows it to fall into place. Uh, this was the one thought on, on um, where the whole, hey, this is a battlefield. That was a reminder to me. And it was, yeah, this isn't all fun and games. This is about a battle. This is about a war. Uh, and if you're focusing on your wounds, you're not remembering that it's a war. Because if it's a war, you're going to know you're going to get wounds, right? That's something that's going to happen in a war. In a battlefield, during war, you're going to get wounds. You're going to face battles. You're going to face problems. You're going to face offenses, right? Sometimes I wonder, do we get offended over what's done to us more than we get offended over sin? Do we get offended over things that someone does to us that, you know, transgresses us, so, so we think, uh, but we don't get offended, offended over somebody sinning against a holy, perfect, just, righteous God? Um, <clears throat> let's go to Philippians. Philippians 2. 
I'm getting nervous when I turn to passages because I already got two wrong. <laughs> Ephesians, nope, Philippians 2, 3. Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You know what will help you not focus on your own wounds? Help the wounds of others. Help others. Be there for others. We need to love each other. Uh, as, as I talk about... Um, you know, the Christian battlefield. Think of, think of our church as, as a small group of soldiers, right? Think of our church as a small battalion in, in these barracks, right? And we are soldiers for the Lord. So if you think in that, in that realm, you know what? Help, help your fellow church member. Esteem them better than yourself. That will help you not focus on your wounds. <clears throat> you know what? Pastor King is, is a very unique individual. I think you would all agree, right? Uh, but his preaching style is also very unique. He's the stuff that, the things that man has seen that he tells us, the stories that he tells. I cannot even imagine seeing what he has seen. Um, but he's also, not in a bad way, but he's also not as sympathetic as most preachers. Like, he knows people go through things, Right? People, and I don't mean he's not a sympathetic guy. I don't mean he doesn't love people. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is he, he just, he's seen what people go through. He knows that it's a battlefield, right? Uh, one thing that he said last time he was here that stuck with me is, I don't want to hear about your trial. I want to hear about your obedience. And that really has, has resounded in my head since, he's, since he was here. I don't want to hear about your trial. I want to hear about your obedience. A lot of us, focus on trials. Now, I get it. Like, there, there, there are many people in this, this church, in our battalion, right, that have gone through a lot of things, a lot of tough, tough trials, and I'm not discounting that, okay? Uh, but is there obedience there? Is there obedience through the trial? We all have our, our battles, right? We all go through things. Uh, I, so there's different... I was just thinking about how we saying stand up, stand up for Jesus tonight. There's uh, onward Christian soldiers. There's all of these older songs. And you think about some of the newer songs that are written. And there's not a lot of newer songs that we listen to, but there are some. And a lot of them are about trials, tribulation, things that we have to go through. That's where our, our focus is. When we listen to, to music, we want to be encouraged, right? We don't want to hear about onward Christian, right? Like, that's not really where we're at. But it's important to be reminded that we're in a battle because we're in a battle. There's a war and it, it's raging. Uh, but those songs, uh, I was going to pull, I'm not going to do it, but if you pull up a list of the top 100 gospel songs, now, Okay, I'm not saying those are songs that we would necessarily listen to, but I did it and I pulled it up. I'm like, there are like maybe one song in a list of 100 about the Christian warfare, about the Christian life being, being a battle. So mistakes on the battlefield. Number one, focusing on wounds. Number two, friendly fire. Friendly fire. Uh, 
If there's fighting amongst ourselves, do you think we're fighting the enemy? No. We're not fighting them properly anyway. Think about, think about a, just a battle. If somebody's shooting their own guys, that's, that's a problem, right? Uh, if we're fighting amongst ourselves, we're not fighting the enemy to, our best, to the, the best of our ability. Uh, I found a, a story. Have anyone here ever heard of Kyle Carpenter? Kyle Carpenter? Okay, Dan and Nick, I think. Uh, on November 21st, 2010, Kyle Carpenter and another, another Marine, Nick Euphrasio, I think it is, were manning a rooftop security post during, during defense of the village of Mara Helmand province from a Taliban attack. I don't know if I got that correct. Uh, according to the Medal of Honor citation, the enemy initiated a daylight attack with hand grenades one of which landed inside their sandbag position. Without hesitation and with complete disregard for his own safety, Lance Corporal Carpenter moved toward the grenade in an attempt to shield his fellow Marine from the deadly, deadly blast. When the grenade detonated, his body absorbed the brunt of the blast, severely wounding him, but saving the life of his fellow Marine. Carpenter's jaw and right arm were shattered, and he lost his right eye and most of his teeth. He has undergone dozens of surgeries. In July of 2013, he was medically retired as a corporal. And on June 19, 2014, Carpenter received the Medal of Honor in a ceremony at the White House. He is the eighth living recipient to be awarded the Medal of Honor for actions in Afghanistan. You want to talk about the opposite of friendly fire. That's what uh, uh, Kyle Carpenter did there. Are we willing, are we willing to take the brunt of some sort of attack for one of our fellow Christians? Are we willing to, to help our, our Christians, or are we, are we putting them down ourselves? Are we the enemy? Uh, uh, Mr. Jesse Brosnan and I were talking about uh, indoor soccer the other day, or we were talking about, uh, we used to do that years ago when, when we were much younger, right, Mr. Rosin, much, much younger. Um, but I will be the first to say we were terrible. We were terrible. At least I was, I mean. I, I mean, we won a couple games, but I think we played for a few years. Anyway, so we played indoor soccer, and sometimes, you know, you, you, get, into, you get into it. You just, you're, you're fighting for that ball, right? You want to get the ball. But you know what sometimes happens? Sometimes you're fighting for the ball with your teammate and you don't even realize it because you're, you're just in there. You're trying to get the ball. And you know what somebody else is yelling? Somebody else behind you is yelling, same team, same team, <laughs> right? So I wonder, do you need to be yelled at? Same team, same team, right? Maybe another Christian gets a blessing from God. You need to have somebody yell at you. Same team, right? We're on the same team. Another Christian, maybe they get to lead somebody to the Lord. Same team. We're all, on, we're all on the same. I almost said we're all in this together, but that has a bad connotation now, so I'm not going to say that. But we're on the same team, right? We want to work together. We cannot accomplish much for God when we're fighting each other. Let's turn to Philippians 3. Philippians 3. Actually, I'm still in 2, so you should be around there too. Philippians 3. 
All right, number three, are we paying too much attention to past victories? Are we enjoying the spoils of our victories too long? I'm all for remembering what God has done in the past, but it's time to move on, right? Let's, let's go fight the next battle. Uh, Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I think this verse is often used, and, and rightfully so, for, you know, you're forgetting those, some of the bad things, right? You're forgetting, you're forgetting those things in the past. But sometimes we need to forget victory. Now, I don't mean completely forget them, but we don't have to keep going back to past victories. You know what? I think it's, it's a symptom of the problem of, we're not gaining ground. We're not having more victories. So all we have to look at is past victories. So that's number three, paying too much attention to past victories. That's one of the mistakes that we make on the battlefield. Another mistake, I, I don't even have a verse for this. I just have this, a simple statement, not listening to the commander. We have to listen to the commander. That's very important uh, if we're going to succeed on the battlefield. Number five, we get caught up with things that aren't related to the battle. Second Timothy 2. Second Timothy 2. We're going to read verse 4 through 6. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Boy, that's tough sometimes, isn't it? You, you got to work. You got to do things in your life. But if we entangle ourselves, if we entangle ourselves, we are not pleasing the one who chose us to be a soldier. We get caught up with things that aren't even related to the battle. Number, number six, this kind of goes with, with number two, but how about forgetting where the battlefield is? This is not the battlefield. As I said before, this is the barracks. Right? This should be a place that we find refuge. This is the place where we come back and we get a drink of water. Right? This is the place we come back and we reload. Right? Outside of here is the battlefield. So we looked at the gear of, that we need to have for the battlefield. We looked at mistakes on the battlefield. Let's look at the posture of the battlefield. The posture of the battlefield. Let's go back to Ephesians 6. While you're turning, the, turning back there, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 16. So the posture on the battlefield, what kind of posture do we need to have? Uh, chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, verse 13 says, Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, 
be strong. And back to Ephesians. Ephesians 6. Let's look at 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14. Stand, therefore, I think, I think we're supposed to be standing. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So the, so the posture of the battlefield is standing. Uh, I had Mr. Miller do stand up, for, stand up for Jesus tonight. Stand strong for God. None of this lawn chair battles, right? No, none, of, none of these lawn chair battles. We have to stand uh, the definition of stand is have or maintain an upright position supported by one's feet. It's a pretty good definition. So let's look down in uh, chapter 6, verse 15. Chapter 6 uh, of Ephesians, verse 15 says, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The foundation of... Of our, of our stance, of our stand, is the gospel. We have to stand on the gospel. Without the foundation, without good shoes, right, we cannot stand and fight properly. We need to know the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, I'm not going to read it, but if you, if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, it gives you the, a good definition of the gospel. Every decision that we make on the battlefield of the Christian life should be based on the gospel. And you know what? When you make decisions in life, when you say yes to something, I, I, I said this to the teens in, uh, uh, when, when we did the, the Pinewood Derby. I really kind of drove home, you know, making decisions. And if you're making a decision and you choose yes, that automatically means you have to say no to something else. If you tell Jesus yes, you're telling the world no. If you tell the world yes, you're telling Jesus no. Uh, with, with what I do for work, I'm a, I'm a computer programmer, uh, and I don't deal with you know, an actual bit, right? Which is just a, a, a five volts or a zero volts, right? But that's ultimately what a computer reads, right? A computer doesn't know English. A computer knows yes and no. That's all that a computer knows, right? So those are the decisions that we have to, we have to make decisions. And the decisions we make on the battlefield are going to determine a lot. And we make decisions uh, based on the Bible, based on the gospel, which is our foundation. Verse 13 uh, of Ephesians 6 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So my question, my challenge for you, among these other things we've talked about tonight, is have you done all you can to stand? Are you doing all you can to stand for the Lord in the battlefield? It's no secret that that Jerry and Hannah are leaving us, right? Um, I'll say this about Jerry. Cl close your ears, Jerry. 
Jerry is one of our hardest working outside of church ministry workers that we have. Does that make sense? That, that was probably kind of confusing. So, in other words, you show up to a ministry, you do your work at Sunday, and then you go home. You know, maybe you prepare for a lesson, whatever. But Jerry has done a lot of work outside of church. Somebody's got to pick that up. Somebody's got to stand up and say, I'm, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to be in the battle for the Lord. And who's it going to be? It's got to be some of us, right? Uh, <clears throat> you know, we're, we've lost members, but not all for bad reasons, right? They've gone to another battalion. Let's say it with, that, with our example. But you're still here. Remember that God can still do amazing things, even with small groups. Look at, look at the story of Gideon. Uh, <clears throat> but maybe, maybe you can start standing up, if you're not yet, by signing up for VBS, by signing up for Master Club, who, who we need workers for. God can use fewer people to do big things. If we're going to do anything for God, we have to put a foot on his armor we have to stop focusing on our wounds. We have to unite as a church. We need to press forward, and we have to, to do all we can do to stand. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach again, Lord. I thank you for just how good you are to us, Lord. Even though we're in a battle, you give us those, those times where we can come and, and get a drink of water at a church, or we can uh, get reloaded at, at, at church and... Uh, but help us to remember that we are in a battle and that uh, we need to keep our focus on you and we need to keep our focus on the battle and remember that uh, without you, we can do nothing. We need your righteousness and uh, Lord, help us to be more like you. Help us to, uh, to do our best for you on the battlefield and help us to, to fight and help us to, to defend as you, as you would want us to, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand.